Hey everyone, welcome to episode 246 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Man, two weeks in a row, we're all here. We have a ton of things to talk about today, so we're going to bypass any unnecessary intros and, and nonsense. We're just going to jump right into this week's topic. Easy adultery. <laughs> Andy, take it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I've already right, done sorry. that. I, 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 yeah, just, just, just go listen to the sermon. Is all I can say. <laughs> well, if you have missed said sermon, it came out. Uh, this is, of course, Tuesday, as always, uh, that we record, and then it comes out early Wednesday morning. And uh, we're recording. It's about eight twenty-five p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and about 24, 25 minutes ago, the sermon came out on our sister podcast called Speaking of Grace. So go ahead and search for that in your favorite uh, podcast player, and you'll find it. And that sermon is there for you to hear in its entirety. And of course, I would encourage you, as always, but maybe this week more so than most, go back and make sure you aren't missing this week's message to make sure that you've heard everything correctly as it was stated <laughs> on the actual date, February the 13th. So easy adultery. And this week, Andy really dealt us a hand that was more blush than flush. Uh, he filled it. <laughs> oh. Did you see what I did yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm preaching along thinking about there are kids in the audience. How many times am I going to say the word sex in this sermon? Yeah, yeah, because he filled it, said sermon with words that make many Christians squirm and avoid with extreme prejudice. Words like adultery, lust, sexual desire, sexual appetite, uh, self-fulfillment. And I'm like, ho, 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 Andy. I mean, I'm sweating just a little bit reciting this short list, and there was more to come in, in, in the actual message. Uh, and I was just like, "Who?" Yeah, this sort of been a this sort of been a hard sermon to preach back in the days of the Puritans. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, because of the <laughs> would they have come to the same it's, conclusions? It's, well, there, well, there's a. I think there's a sense, and I, you know, it almost looks like Jesus is doubling down. Like you thought it was hard before <laughs> with adultery, <laughs> and uh, that's sort of the way it sounds. And it, it does sound like Jesus is saying, "Okay, you were able to get off before with you know just having, and I'll say the words right. We can say them now, having sex outside of marriage, but um, but I'm telling you, even if you're thinking, so and and you know he does talk about divorce later on in, in Matthew as well. You know he talks about divorce in chapter 19 too, um, which which I was wondering how Andy how you're going to handle this because, um, you know what does this mean for a single person? How does this how does a single person relate and so forth? But um, I think but we got does. there. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we. Yeah, we did. We did what? <laughs> Got there on how to deal, how a single person should do this. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I wanted to ask you guys before we got started too far. One question that I mean, we we I think we all were born into Adventism. Correct? Am I right on that? Yeah, the three of us. You mean? Yeah, the three of us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, when did you guys, or did you ever get the birds and the bees? talk from your mom or your dad or another family member? And if so, when? Hmm. I, 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 for me, it wasn't a, wasn't a specific talk. I, I think there, there are just pieces of talks that all came together that put the whole story together. I, I didn't, there wasn't a, a single <laughs> yeah, talk. 50-some-odd 50, 
guess we're almost having as difficult a time to talk about this as, you know, it, my parents as well. It was more reactionary. You know, if something came up and they thought, oh, brother, we better tell him kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I think it was more more reactionary. But I don't, I, I'm like Andy, I don't remember. Well, I do remember one talk, but it was extremely awkward. Yeah, we don't have to repeat and, it. It's uh, fine. I remember yeah. one time, I, I remember one time, and I would never repeat what I remember my mom saying to me because I, I think it was a reactionary statement, and I think she was pretty upset with me for something I had done. And what she said to me, I know she didn't mean it the way it came out, so there's no way I'd ever say it, but that's as far as the birds and the bees conversation ever got. <laughs> and I think that there is so much of why this is so difficult because. Andy, you mentioned the Bible has a lot of good things, to, great things to say about sex, about intimacy. Of course, we know that God made it for us to be fruitful and to multiply and and for our enjoyment. Gasp, I know, our enjoyment. But, you know, it, it just makes us so uncomfortable to talk about. Well, some commentators believe that if you, if you get very literal with the Song of Solomon, that there are passages in there that are describing both both uh, the man and the woman in that story both being fully aroused sexually i mean oh sure you know. yeah yeah and i think when you when you look at it that way there should be nothing that's really off limits to discussing yet it's it's so uncomfortable and yet so many of well, us it, it, so many, i mean the discomfort the, the discomfort came with sin I mean, discomfort came with sin. That's true. Yeah, Adam and Eve were totally cool being naked, you know, until sin. Yeah. And yeah. so there's there's something about sin that wants to shame us, that wants to, that wants to turn beauty into um, non beauty, that wants to ruin a good thing. And so I mean that that's just fascinating to me that 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 whole embarrassment about being naked in front of each other comes post sin. And it doesn't seem to get any. Yeah. It doesn't seem to get any better, though, when you think about the story of so many people. And I know, you know, we're talking about adultery, but we're really talking too about all of these forms of greedy sexual idolatry. And so many of us were exposed to, mm-hmm. like, exposed to pornography at a young age. When, of course. Our parents would have, I mean, I think for most people, it, it wasn't their parent, for a lot of people, I shouldn't say, from stories of, of people that I know and that we've talked about, and that it wasn't from their parents, but it was from an acquaintance. It was from maybe a family member or an extended family member or, you or know, a peer. Or, right, or, a, or, <laughs> or a peer. And it was so secretive, like you didn't dare talk about it. Like you're talking about Adam and Eve, like you didn't dare to talk about it. You didn't dare to tell anyone except maybe your peers. And then by the time we actually sit down and talk about it, it's almost like, well, we've let the cat out of the bag. What's the point now when really we should, no matter at what time, we should be having those conversations, right? Right. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Randy. I, I think part of what gives uh, gives the gives power to some of this is is the hiding, is the aspect of the the secrecy, mm, yeah. yes, the part that that almost is alluring in a way. 
when when we handle it like that with you know even putting shame on it or putting something that is forbidden or taboo and those are big things those are alluring things for somebody who you know may have a you know a very well we all have curious minds and by the way you think about children children are somewhat amoral on this in other words they just look at it as experience Mm. we make it into shame we, you know, we we try mm-hmm. to make it into something that is bad, but you know, kids are legitimately just curious. Yeah. And so I think I think as parents, and even you know, as fellow adults, one of the things you know, as I work with, you know, when you work with people who deal with pornography or having an addiction or having a problem with even, um, you know, a sexual addiction, you you have to you you literally have to help them develop good intimacy, good friendships, good relationships. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when I look at this uh, this aspect of what Jesus is talking about, and uh, you know, it almost looks like he's doubling down, but I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. I think Jesus is saying that you think that adultery was hard. Well, you know, I'm telling you, even if you look at somebody, so in other words, he was he was helping them realize that they were making a you know, they were making a show out of themselves. They were thinking <laughs> we're the best things ever because we don't do this one thing, and yet they're they're doing it all the time just by the way they you know they may look at somebody. So I, I thought that yeah, I'm sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say at the end of that chapter, and Andy, you're gonna, I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but Jesus does literally say, "Live like you're in the kingdom." That's what this is all about. And mm-hmm. and so, so having you know, when you think about having an addiction or having a problem with sexual uh, promiscuity, and you you know, you gotta you gotta look at it from a different angle. We can't just say stop it, <laughs> which is sort of the, <laughs> sort of the way it feels, right? We say stop sinning, and then you'll be okay. Yeah. Cut off your hand, and then you'll be okay. <laughs> and uh, speaking to and that, I, I think that's a wrong wrong side to say. But go but, ahead. But speaking to that point specifically, I'm way off track to where I was planning on going. But that you said that this is one of those sins when somebody will admit to say, "I have a problem." with a sexual sin, whether it's pornography, whether it's sex addiction or any of these kinds, it's always looked on like people are dirty or they're despicable or they're so immoral, they're almost not worth redeeming. And how do you help somebody the same way that you would, you know, take the people we've been talking about recently, the gossips. I mean, how do you tell a gossip not to gossip anymore? How do you tell someone who has maybe dealt with this issue since early, you know, again, early childhood or something like that, where it's just like, well, just stop sinning, just stop doing it well, when it's become such a norm I, for them? I think Jeff just landed on something I was going to talk about, Te- teaching people good intimacy, healthy relationships, because yeah, even gossip. Gossip is probably more related to this than we think, in the sense that I want to have the upper hand. I I want to, I want to know the story first, so mm, I can be the, yeah. the deliverer of the news. And it's a kind of greed as well. And so to really to move away from um, the whole consumeristic notion of things, this, this is all for me to just consume and be able to be my thing. To a place where I'm, I want to, I want to live in a relationship with people. In healthy relationships and with positive intimacy, with with positive storytelling, sharing appropriate things with each other, and I want to have that kind of 
that kind of listening. You can't, you know, you can't just not do this anymore because that, that whatever that this is is probably tied to a very legitimate, God-given appetite, desire, interest, or whatever. And so it's it's not like it's like okay, the, the, it's wrong to want this. It's now how do how do I how do I go about this in a proper way, hmm. healthy way? Yeah, I think. And that's key. I, th- I, I you know, you, you bring up a really interesting question, Randy, and that is, you know, what do you do first of all? Well, first of all, you don't get started, and and yet <laughs> we get started so <laughs> yeah. easily today. Sure, because you know, walking down that path, it just gets easier and easier because it's down that path. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it it is it is harder to stop once you started, but there is still you know we still and that you know I think everybody realizes that sin is in all of us. It's just that addictions tend to be extreme, you know, much harder to, to try to break. Yeah. yeah. But, well, the, but the, whole, the, the whole, the whole aspect of consuming and being yeah. a consumer, as opposed to living, living in a relationship. Um, right. Right. But the other side of it is, by the way, that's the, the thing that's so important about community. I think that's why Jesus had a community. He had a group of guys around him. I, I just don't think you know, most most people believe. And I'll just you know from the standpoint of overcoming some addictions. Most people believe that you cannot you cannot do this on your own. And mostly, mm-hmm. that's a pretty prevalent right. thought in in addiction and therapy is that you have to realize that you can't do this on your own. And so it's extremely important that we don't look at especially the area of sexual addiction. And, I'm, and I know that a lot of people who are listening right now are probably saying, well, I don't have a sexual addiction. But you may want to talk to the person <laughs> that's very close to you. And, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, statistics and, would and, tell and us otherwise, even among, the, even among the Christian well, community. You know, it's, yeah. it's, well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, some of the research that I looked at this week when I was writing the message, um, you, there was one, one thing about like the, the myths about uh, the myths about sex today kind of thing is from, from secular psychologists even. And one of the big myths is, is that pornography, it's going to hurt anybody. It's only going to hurt me. It's not going to hurt anybody. Right. Else. Right. And, right. and they're saying, no, pornography is hurting everybody. Mm-hmm. And that even you know, women are being pushed into fashion by the pornography industry. It's controlling so many things and affecting so many people's lives in so many bad ways because it's taking a very positive, good thing uh, and, and that we all desire for, which is intimacy, and it's making it a total consumer product. Right. right. Yeah. You're not going to find the level of intimacy that you're looking for in a consumer-based or you, you can't shop for it because it can't be done that way. It <laughs> yeah. requires time. It requires input. It requires caring. It requires reciprocation. And that is not at all what that is. And, you know, the, the fact that you were, that you wrap these together within this verse that we've all heard in Matthew chapter five, when it says, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And I, and again, that's something that I think most of us have heard. And if you're a boy growing up as a Christian of any denomination, I'm darn sure you've heard of that because that was told to us at a very, very young age. And it it almost seems like it's just an immediate and damning nature of the implications that as anyone that has eyes in their head and maybe find people attractive, 
I'll admit that I've never heard this text interpreted the way you did, Andy. You said people think this means that to have any kind of sexual desire or to find someone sexually attractive or physically attractive is terrible and you're going to hell. That is exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I was told. <laughs> so, yes, yes, yes. You you read my you read my upbringing and then you said, but that isn't what Jesus is saying at all. And that the way that you described it. And so I'll, I'll just let you. So, what is Jesus talking about here, Andy? Just so that we're clear. You you, you remind me, okay? You <laughs> 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 have the notes. <laughs> well, no, the piece that's interesting about this is that it's not so much that piece, that part, right? It, by the way, you know, we can always. It does. It, you know, we talk about beauty, or we talk about sexuality, or sensuality. That's not the, you can, you can be, your eye can be turned by just about anybody or, you know, so that, but the piece that he says after that is, is he says, go do something drastic. He says, go, you know, cut your hand off or cut your eye out or, you know, whatever. But what I hear, what I hear, and that's why I was so, I was uh, so pleased that, that we have this because Jesus is saying, you need to stop thinking that this is something that you're going to be able to handle. You thought that you could handle it, but you really can't because nobody's going to be able to do that. So go find relationships of integrity, of of accountability, where you can be vulnerable and where you can actually get this taken care of. I think that's what Jesus is saying on this. He's saying, don't think that you're above all of this because you're not. And, yeah. and you really need to get and to take and to take that lust and then you turn it into this this greed and this word that they're using uh in the in the bible yeah, very, to discuss yeah, that's really that's really fascinating that that there were that there's multiple other words Jesus could have chosen yeah. to use that were probably more common to the language and he chooses yeah. to use yeah. one that is definitely about greed and idolatry yeah and i yeah. think that's so yeah. important because i think that a lot of people will Look at that and just go, oh, well, you know, I don't have, like you said, I don't have that problem. You know, I don't I don't struggle with with this sin. When And in reality, it's like, well, we all have that greed and we all are able and, and maybe now more time at no other time in history has has a society. Oh, maybe the Romans. I don't know. But maybe more, you know, sexualized 24, 7, 365 with the Internet, with everything at a fingertip and um uh, the kind of media that's produced, has it ever been just more sexualized than how we live now? So much so that when we went to a, a conference when we were still at Forest Lake Church um, that came from a, a place called triplexchurch.com. That's actually their mm-hmm. that's their website, which I thought was a pretty good marketing ploy. But uh, anyway, uh, we met through, <laughs> through Bernie Anderson. We met their founder, Craig Gross. I was working that production that day and I just sat there with – I remember my mouth being open, like not believing what I was hearing, saying if you have kids, you need to have the pornography talk and the sex talk by the time they're eight years old. And if you haven't, there's like this 96 percent chance that from all the research that they have that somebody else has talked to them about something. And they think, you know, mm-hmm. they've, they've already been exposed to it. It's a ridiculous, the, the numbers are just absolutely staggering. And it was so funny because Ellie wasn't quite that old yet. And we, the, the very next week, she was at uh, OJA and she came home and she's like, Dad, 
I don't think my friend, and I don't remember the name, so-and-so, I don't think she's going to be at school anymore. I was like, really? What happened? Are they moving? And she starts crying. She's like, no, it's much worse than that. And I'm thinking, well, well, you know, did someone get hurt or, you know, what happened? She's like, well, so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so, they kissed on the playground today. And I was like, really? Really? (laughs) I said, did anyone find out about it? Yeah, someone tattled on them to the teacher. And I'm like, what did the, did the teacher get upset? Ah, oh, they weren't. They, yeah, they, they didn't. Yeah, they weren't too upset. But you know, they had, they took them in each separately and talked to them, and then their parents came to get them. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, okay. So I'm like, why do you think they won't be back? And she's like, well, she's going to be pregnant. You can't be at school when you're pregnant. And I said, oh, and I said, well, who who said they're, that they're pregnant? And she said, oh, you know, some of the kids were talking about it and said, well, she was pregnant now because that's how you get pregnant when you kiss. And I was mm-hmm. like, and I was like, oh boy. Oh boy. So, you know, Heather and I, we, we did not wait. We did have the, uh, Heather got the sex talk cause I thought it would be more appropriate for mom to engage in that one. And dad had the pornography talk at an early age and we have continued to have those conversations, which she of course hates, uh, because she's a teenager and she doesn't want to talk about sex with her parents. But at the same time, it, it felt like it was the right thing to do. And, you know, I still feel like some of her some of her peers aren't as well informed as she has been over the years. And it's taken some of that stigma off. And if you don't start early, I mean, how often do we talk to even friends, uh, maybe secular friends? I, I don't know church people. I mean, we don't talk about it to people we go to church with, do we? No. no. I mean, I don't. You know, that's why at the end of the message, I came back to saying, you know, Here's here's four or five things that you we can do, you know, yeah. that can that can build a resistance to this happening in our lives. Uh, you know, it's it, it's not a, it's not a stop it plan. No, but it's like okay, you know, the, the, we, we we sometimes mock the Pharisees and the scribes for making <laughs> rules about rules about rules about rules. So yeah. you, you couldn't get near the edge of the cliff. But at the same time, I think about people that I've known and loved and think, man, if they had just practiced number two, mm. you know, whatever, yep. whatever out of that list, the chance of them ruining their lives in such a drastic way might not have ever happened. Um, I was there was people that so, immediately came to my mind when I read when I when I heard you say number yeah. two, that one just cut hard. And I, I think that there's so like you said, it, once you get to this point, it's so hard to try to right those wrongs, even in your own life and to or to people that you see. And it's like, well, how, how would I even how would you go about, you know, coming at this subject? And it's it's difficult enough sometimes to have with people that you're really close to. And then to try to think about doing that with somebody else. It's it's really, really hard to make that connection. Very just ridiculously hard. I did like that you mentioned the four things that Tim Keller as well points to as four forms of this greedy sexual idolatry. And number one was pornography. Two was all sex outside of marriages using it selfishly rather than using it unselfishly. Three was just the belief that you can't be happier whole person without sex, meaning unless I'm having sex, at least occasionally, I can't be a whole or happy person. And the fourth was the fairy tale dream of having the perfect marriage, having the perfect little family, perfect children, home. And, you know, if all that happens and I can be happy and I would finally feel good about myself, which it was a good point, doesn't seem sexual at all, but you're making sex and romantic love into an idol. And man, the fourth one 
I mean, the other one seemed pretty obvious, but the fourth one didn't. And yet when you say that and you read those two sentences, I mean, I I thought of three people that I could think of off the top of my head, both male and female who had these expectations. So I think sometimes that might get, you know, attached to a woman more so. But I could think of immediately like three people just like boom, 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 popped into my head. It is it is subtle. Uh, for one thing, but the but the bottom line is is that all of these move us toward a place where we want something from somebody else that really only God can deliver, right? And that's where the idolatry part comes in. That I'll finally feel good about myself if this happens in my life, as opposed to I'll feel good about who I am because God says this is who I am, and that those are those are worlds apart. And that was so important. I mean, as a as a takeaway, as a just as a realization that at the end of the day, we just we think about these problems as being sometimes insurmountable. We think about them as being things we would rather not have in our lives or having in someone else in our life having these problems when really it's just the only way that we can ever overcome or is just to give it to God. And, and we have to be OK with how he's helping us work this out. Well, and I think Jeff said something really important while ago, and that is yeah, giving it to God is really important. But but having a community, having people that are going to hold us accountable, and and that we're going to be able to, you know, have conversations with, and that, that that's that's just really critical. That that this is not something we, we may we may solo into it, but we aren't going to solo out of it. <laughs> <laughs> the beauty yeah. of a community is that you in a community there there is so much more diversity than to try to handle this by a particular more or a particular uh, understanding or standard because community set in a sense um, sets a little different strategy because you, you look at even with Jesus, when he talked to this with his disciples and they would ask him questions about what about this group or what about, and, and he would, you know, sometimes he would say, well, Let's let's let them be in there. You know, let's let that exist. It it'll fail if it. You know, if it's not. You know, if it's not. If they're not of God, then that's one way of looking at it. But there's also another side of it, and that is there's lots of different voices in community. There's lots of different pieces in the kingdom of God, and um, it, which is so cool about the church. You know, you have. You have this eunuch who comes into the church, which never would have been able to come into the Jewish faith at all. But now he's in, in this, so now his voice gets gets heard. Other nationalities, other Gentiles get heard. Jesus goes to a woman who's been with five people, you know, and the, and the one that she's with now is not her husband. And, and she gets to go back to her community and talk about this person that she knows. So for us to sit here and say, this is exactly how things should be, mm-hmm. I don't think that's I don't think that's how Jesus wanted the gospel to be presented. So I think that's that's a really good piece. When we talk about community, we have to realize that God speaks in so many different voices. Yeah. Uh, not not to say that, you know, you can't be deceived. And that's why he keeps saying, don't be deceived. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
Well, I, I hope that everyone else enjoyed this message as much as I did. Now, Andy did give five tips for making it harder for the devil to win us over to this kind of soul-damning idolatry. And I'm not going to give you all five because we are, we're out of time already and there's a few other things I want to get to. But I'm going to give you number two just to show you how good these are and that you should go ahead, swipe up in today's show notes and read these for yourself. Number two was if we find ourselves attracted physically or emotionally to someone other than our spouse, build distance between us and them physically and emotionally. Don't think you can stand that kind of pride that can lead to a life-altering tragic fall. And as you hear that, we all know someone who has fallen to number two. As someone who is who was divorced years ago, and the reasoning behind that divorce was because my spouse could not remove themselves physically or emotional from someone that was that that provided that to her and the 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 damage in the wake of that you don't always realize even in the at the time how how deep some of those emotional scars go and you don't oh, you, sure. so so some of these things while it, we can almost pass them off as well. Yeah, this person looks at pornography, or this person struggles with you know these these different sexual sins and these these problems. And it's just it's it's like you said earlier, Andy. It just it's only going to hurt me, and that that's just not true. And it's, and so often the intimacy because it's so deep is it just cuts, and you find things later on that you go, why why in the world would I feel that way? And then you realize, oh yeah, that really came from this another piece of carnage from something you thought you'd put in the past long before. So I just want to stress that those five things were really good. I enjoyed them a lot. So swipe up in today's show notes, and if you know someone you think might be struggling. Share this podcast with them. Share the message on uh, Speaking of Grace through that podcast, these five tips. And, you know, be a listening ear for someone that might be struggling, that might need to hear just a few words of, you know what, I'm not going to judge you. I may, Maybe I don't totally understand, but I'd be happy to listen. And I think that so many people just get feeling like they're lost on an island by themselves and that just nobody Nobody wants to talk to them about it. Nobody could understand. And probably, at least statistically, more of us understand than don't would be my guess. <laughs> right. And so anyway, we're going to skip the the takeaways this week. If you want to catch those, they are online with the message there. And speaking of grace in the notes there, and hopefully this is words of encouragement for someone listening. And Andy, I uh, <clears throat> I got – bring out the paper here. I got a letter here today. Andy. Oh, mercy. I got a yeah. letter from the Whole Life Church, and it signed your friend Andy McDonald. That's right. that's me. And so, uh, <laughs> tell it. You know, for those that may listen, that uh, you know, don't check out Speaking of Grace. I mean, they might not be that well connected. Tell us what we're talking about, Andy. Well, we're talking about the fact that I, I did the I announced on the weekend that I will be ending my ministry at Whole Life Church on March twenty seventh. Will be my um, concluding sermon, and then stepping away from that, um, and we'll be moving on to n- new chapters for the church, and it'll be great things ahead. Mm. Um, our our search committee has done great work. I was just talking to the chairman of the search committee this evening. They, they've narrowed it down to um, actually to a name that they're going to hopefully bring in to meet our board and our staff, and if everybody 
smiles and shakes hands and it looks right, this could be the person and we will be well served. So um, not not ready to announce that yet. No, of course not. (laughs) But but, um, very encouraged. And um, interesting, um, just the process has been very, very, very thorough and very broad. And God's got great things in store for us at Whole Life Church for sure. Uh, I will. I will definitely miss my my uh, position there. I uh, you, you don't spend nearly thirty seven years in one spot and just say, "Oh yeah, well, case case of sarah." But um, <laughs> you're in rare company of a very few people that can say the, that many years at one place. I mean, I don't know personally anyone who's it's even come close. Much down to one person. It's just one other person. <laughs> oh, man. I and and I and I do think that it's. It's not quite the same. Uh, Dwight Nelson has been, I think, what is it, eight months longer or six months? Yeah, longer? yeah, yeah. about eight months. Yeah, yeah. Good, good man, long time. He's a great man, but it also is a situation where uh, you. Yeah, I'm going to miss him too, hey, Randy. You, know, you brought it up, and and more than. You have to change More the than podcast. Than <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like, what are we going to, you know, and, and, and the new guy, we're going to have to talk to, we're going to have to probably twist his arm. He's going to be like, wait a minute. He, I'm guessing, I don't know who it is. I'll be completely honest. I have no idea who it is, but I'll, I'll just tell people when I came to whole life church, we had had this idea at a previous church I was at to maybe do a commute podcast. And we had, we had talked about it and it just never came to fruition. And I talked to Jeff about it first. Cause he was who I saw first. And Jeff was like, man, that sounds cool. I think we should give that a try. And he said, have you talked to Andy about it yet? And I said, no, I haven't talked to Andy about it. And I'll never forget when I was in John's office and Andy walked in and we were talking about this idea and uh, Jeff said, hey, Randy's going to have you uh, – Randy's going to start a podcast for us. And Andy's like, oh, man, that's great. What are we going to do? And I said, well, we're going to investigate the the message each week. And he's like, oh, great. And I said, yeah. I said, you only have to talk for probably 15 or 20 minutes. It's going to be – and he's like, what? And he said, now, wait a minute. And he said, tell me exactly what I have to do. And I said, well, basically, you just have to show up here at the church. You're usually here anyway. And uh, you just have to talk for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. He said, do I have to do any prep? I said, you already did the prep. It's your message. He said, do I have to have to do anything afterwards? I'm like, nope, just sit and talk. He's like, I can do that. He said, sign me up. And, 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 uh, And that was it. So that was the entirety of selling this idea. And I noticed that about the time, Andy, that you will be leaving, it's going to be really close. I'll have to check and see what our original uh, air date was on our first episode. But it is going to be almost five years exactly to the day. Wow. Good grief. That we will have well, done this. And, and I, I believe that the, the, the name right now that is at the top of the list will probably seamlessly flow into this and, uh, and do a great job with y'all. Well, that would so, be wonderful. That'd be wonderful because yeah. I think that uh, I, you know, we again we we're just starting to get you know opening back up and uh, through COVID and, and live services. And I saw someone. I saw Denise Butler. Denise, I hope you're listening on your Wednesday morning walk. And she said, you know, I just I I, I love listening to the podcast and listening to you guys. You know, every Wednesday morning on my walk, and it's always, you know, uplifting when you see people and you hear people and they come and tell you, Danny Myers, if you're listening, I know he listens a lot on Wednesday mornings, and he has always said what a professional job and how much he enjoys the the work that we do and we prepare for and that we deliver. And you hear those things and you go, what a unique ministry 
that God has blessed. And so we'll definitely not only miss you in the pulpit, of course, on the uh, on Saturday mornings, but uh, I know I'll miss you here as well. So, yeah, we're going to have to maybe even just, you know, we may have to come up with a whole new logo and a whole new, you know, we may have to, we, we may have to name it something cooler than, you know, Andy, Randy, and Jeff. <laughs> You got to well, you got you got to you got to put up with me for, through the month of March anyway. So That's right. We got we got a few more sessions. I think we I think we have to change. Uh, if nothing else, we have to change the number because Denise said I don't think there's ever been a 15 minute episode. She's like, that's a lie. That's probably true. And I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking down now. And I'm, that is true. I'm looking at, you know, we're running into 38 minutes here, so we'll wrap it up and we'll definitely edit it down. <laughs> we'll definitely do. Uh, we'll, we'll hear, we'll hear. Yeah, yeah, right. This is a double. This is a bonus in uh, episode, uh, but we'll definitely, we'll talk, you know, more about this as we, as we grow closer to Andy's ending date. But uh, that's going to do it for this week. Again, I hope you all were blessed. And I know we've been blessed as, you know, the last five years here doing this each and every week. Uh, we've never missed an episode through all those weeks, which I'm super proud of. And, uh, you know, next Tuesday evening, you're going to be ready for Speaking of Grace. Next week, it'll be episode 247. That's amazing. So, guys, wow. th- thanks for listening. Thanks for being on this journey with us. We're going to finish strong, I know, before Andy leaves, and we'll see what the future holds. But stay tuned. There'll be more to follow. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week.